What is up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Wexpeel Podcast, Barbells, Beats, and Buffoonery. I am your host, Wex. And man, it feels weird to say, but that's going to be the last time I intro this show like that. Because today's episode is going to be the world premiere of a brand new introduction to the Wexpeel Podcast. I got some of the best professionals out in the business today. DJ Pop Rocks, good friend of mine, one of my best friends, but also one of the most talented producers I've ever met in my life. Basically, if it's an instrument, he can play it. Even if it's not, he can make sound out of it. And he put together a track. And then Jeff Carter, voiceover extraordinaire. You have heard his voice, but you may not have may not know that you heard it because he does ad campaigns for people all over the world on top of he used to be the voice of O-Rock 105.9 for, if you have been around Central Florida any amount of time, O-Rock 105.9 was one of the best rock stations on the radio, and it got horribly taken over by another business, but he was in charge of The Nooner, a great show, and uh, we had a lot of fun, but he is doing the voiceover work for it. It sounds awesome. So without further ado, I'm going to premiere for you right now the introduction the new intro for the Wexpeel podcast. It's the Wex Appeal podcast. Barbells, beats, and buffoonery. Three, two, one, go! Here we go. Dope conversations. Man, that's my Genghis Khan. Where fitness, pop culture, and a lot of random buffoonery collide. I'm coming for you. It's ridiculous, really. Hashtag space work. But amusing. Wax, you, you laugh least at me, so you get to go next. <laughs> Here's your host, Wax. I was going to say I blacked out during the explanation. <laughs> I just heard space work. I don't know about you, but that makes me laugh so much. Uh, there's so many little jokes in there. The space wolves. Um, just all sorts of things that uh, that went into that introduction. I love it. That is the new introduction for the show, here and forever. That's going to be going forward. Also, we have a new outro for the show as well, which you're going to have to stay tuned and listen at the end of the show for the outro. The show today is a good one. I, it's a great one, actually. I met this gentleman a couple weeks ago at a wrestling show with the Florida Wrestling Empire. He's a professional wrestler. He has been in the in the game for 17 years He's done stuff with WWE, AEW. He does things all over basically the country, wrestling, doing you know shows here and there, which has been amazing. He's an, an awesome character, but he's even, even an even greater person. He and I sat backstage. We talked about kids, how that changes you. We talked about being dad, like all sorts of things. But the guy was so down to earth and so cool. I was like, man, you got to come on the show and sit down and chat with me so people can kind of, you know, pull the curtain back on wrestling and, and what that looks like and, and what professional wrestling is. Also, he has been announced as the head trainer for the new House of Champions in Longwood, Florida. It is going to be a state-of-the-art facility like no other. If you've ever thought about getting in the ring and wrestling, you definitely want to check him out. You want to go down to House of Champions here in Longwood, Florida, and if it's been your dream to wrestle, get to the WWE, you watch, you know, WWE Raw or SmackDown, and you're like, I want to do that. Well, you can. 
You just got to put the work in. And it's a lot of work. I, I, it is not a game, that's for sure. So House of Champions are going to be opening up. They're going to be doing a grand opening soon. I'm hoping to be there and uh, get down there and support. But if you've ever thought about doing it, check them out. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on um, Facebook, TikTok, all over the place. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, Keikoa. Awesome gentleman. Awesome conversation. Enjoy. I didn't want to be an idiot. No, you're good. Mispronounce it through the whole show, and then by the end, you're like, "Oh, by the way, it's <laughs> it's it's always it's always like the first time, like you hear it, and you're like, that's so easy. It it doesn't sound difficult, and yeah. then you go to say it again, and you're like, okay, am I gonna say this right? Like, is it? But I've heard, I I've heard every which way. Uh, so funny story. The the um the guy that Devon has at his school that helps run um. Like he, they essentially call him like his like a, a sport coach or uh, their Emmy coach, muscle endurance coach or whatever. Yeah. So he runs like the the cardio drills before they actually start, you know, for the day. And for a solid like I want to say like six seven months, he just called me Noah. He thought <laughs> my name was Noah, but like I've got again gotten so used to hearing my name mispronounced so many different ways, but everyone usually gets the koa part. Yeah, it's the it's the pre the prefix is the issue. Gotcha. So when he car- when he started calling me no, I'm like, okay, that's I know he's talking to me. So it was <laughs> you know first like I said for a solid like six seven months, and then finally it's almost like, why the hell are you calling him Noah? He's like, oh, that, that's his name, and they're like, that's not at all what his name is. And he's like, all right, he's like. This whole time, this whole time, like I knew you were talking to me. I don't care. Yeah, uh, so, I got it. So I coach baseball as well, and like when the kids first get there, I'm like, "Listen, I need to get you guys in jerseys, ASAP, so that I can mm-hmm. call numbers." <laughs> yeah. Four. Hey, you get over there. Um, but we- yeah, my mom, my mom even uh, told me a story about that. You know, when I was young, and you know, before I got so used to my name being mispronounced, I would play an outfield at the time and she's she told me the story about how um the coach was yelling for me but he was butchering my name so i was not paying attention whatsoever yeah and then she finally like ran over to the coach like his name is pronounced Kiko, and he's like i don't care what the hell it is just i'm trying to get his attention <laughs> we'll call, like, well, if you say it right maybe call him by his right name and, and he'll... Yeah. <laughs> so with that that's as good a place as any to to jump on in ladies and gentlemen my guest today on the wexfield podcast is Kekoa. What is up, Aloha. sir? How are we doing? Um, Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Thank you for coming on the show. And, you know, I kind of alluded to it on my Instagram post that I you know, met you a couple weeks ago at the Florida Wrestling Empire, their very mm-hmm. first show ever. Um, I thought it went fantastic. I had a blast. I was the ring announcer, uh, which is my first time ever jumping into that foray. Um, so really a cool experience for me. So thank you guys for welcoming me as as well as you did into the into the ring and and kind of getting me out there you know with with that whole different type of vibe so thank you for that of course yeah i'm i'm always and i always enjoy when people kind of segue into the world of wrestling from other from other realms and they kind of get like a culture shock and then they start you know learning things as they go um because i also feel a lot of people have have done that, but no one really like kind of grabs them and and says like, "Hey, here, let me 
let me show you around a little bit. You know, I feel like a, a lot of people in the past have always been like, you know, sink or swim, like, you know, do your job. And I'm like, you know, we th I think we need to be a little bit more open when, when, you know, especially if you're, if you're not a wrestler, like if you're a wrestler, like obviously you've had some training, but like sure. when people come in, you know, as announcers or they're trying to do some, like maybe a manager role and they might not have had proper training or anything of that sort. Like, of course, like we need to, you know, go have some conversations with these people. <laughs> I mean, we all want to make the show good. Like, of course, you know, we, we want to make it a good show. And, um, so kind of we're going to back up and then you know to take steps forward so give everybody kind of a rundown i know you've been <laughs> wrestling for over 17 years which mm -hmm. i look at you and i can't believe that because you don't look like you're old enough to have <laughs> been doing this for 17 years but uh we talked a little bit backstage as far as you know kind of where our lives are and you know parenthood and mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff but take me back to you know you were playing baseball so you know take mm -hmm. me back to you know the young days and how you got into wrestling and, and what kind of made that become a, a profession for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I always loved wrestling. Um, I've been watching wrestling since I was a little kid. Um, but the, the kind of the transition from, you know, being a kid and being in high school. Cause I actually, I started training before I graduated high school, I was still in my senior year and it was like the, the last like month or two of my senior year was when I officially like, signed on the dotted line and, and started training. Um, but uh, the transition though, from when like, I always thought I wanted to be a wrestler. It was always the dream. And then I got older and I was like, ah, maybe it's sports. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. I think I had outside like kind of voices, maybe pointing me in different directions, not essentially trying to take me away from wrestling, but just kind of pointing me to like, you do this well, you do that well, maybe that's, maybe that's the thing. Sure. Um, but it wasn't until um, my junior year of high school, um, I was invited with some friends to go meet this guy who had a, a pro wrestling memorabilia shop in Allentown, Pennsylvania. His name was, uh, his name is Bud Carson. Um, he doesn't have the shop anymore, unfortunately, but um, yeah, he had a shop and he had a ring in the back and that's actually where the Samoans were training at the time. Okay. Um, this was in 2005 then, maybe 2004. <clears throat> and um, I got to go meet him and then he showed me the back and he's like, yeah, you know, here's the ring. And it was the very first time that I got to get in the ring. And I I still remember, it's the weirdest thing. Like I remember going over and I, and I just grabbed the rope and I was like, this is it. I don't know what it was. Yeah. It was like, uh, it was like a lightning bolt or something of that sort that just kind of like was my signal of like, nah, this is really cool. And this is all I ever want to do. Yeah. Um, so I got to like, you know, he would, uh, he would, again, like the Samoans were training there, but he would also let, you know, some kids come by and he would throw birthday parties and have kids like get to wrestle their own matches in the ring and stuff like that. Um, so me and my friends would go and wrestle in the ring and then that was around tough enough and we would, watch that and try to like, Oh yeah, dude, I loved that show. Yeah. It was, it was so, it was, it was good for TV, bad for the kids because we were like, don't do this at home. Like, yeah, right. You're literally teaching them on screen. <laughs> so like, I'm going to, I'm going to take it home with me. Yeah. Um, so we were doing that and, um, you know, and then at one point the Samoans had moved out of buds. So he was essentially losing that, like that income, you know, as a business person. So then he was like, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to start my own school and, 
because obviously he saw all these kids come by. He knew like who, you know, had some athleticism to him. And again, since I played sports, like wrestling was a little bit easier for me. I picked it up a little bit easier than, than most. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had approached me and asked me if I wanted to sign up and the rest was, the rest was history. That's awesome. So what kind of sports did you play growing up? So I, for, I played, I played essentially every sport, but for like the school, you know, for my high school, I only played basketball because okay. basketball was, you know, in the winter and I didn't want to play football or baseball in the fall or in the spring, or I, you know, I also played volleyball. They wanted me for the diving team and swimming. Like, so I, I was good at sports, but my, even as a young kid, I knew like I wanted a balance between whatever I was doing and like normal life. Like I still wanted to be a kid. And for anybody that, that didn't play high school sports, you're, you're, you're playing six days a week. You're either practicing or you're, or you're, you have games. And then even in the summer or on the off season, the high school team tries to still get together and do summer camps or travel, travel leagues where you sign, you know, your parents would pay for it so that the team can still play with each other and build that camaraderie and just get better together preparing for the season. So it was, it was an all around year thing, but I did not want to do that. Like I was, I'm like, I still want to go in the woods and, and go be a kid. So I only played basketball for the high school. I would play, you know, township ball, which was only like two, three days a week out of my schedule. So that was a little bit easier. So when I still played baseball, I did that. I played for the township rather than, than the school, but I played essentially every sport though. Gotcha. Yeah. I grew up in a very, very small school. So we, anything we played was just street stuff. You know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't really get to play too much organized sports, but I always loved sports. Now I remember that show tough enough. Um, mm-hmm. who was it? Was it, um, who's the guys that won that? It was a Maven. Maven was the first winner. Yeah. Maven was yeah. the first winner. I was like, this dude is legit. And Nidia. I, I think. Nidia was the, the second winner or was uh, the, the first winner, but the female. Yeah. And I, but that was I remember the, the biggest one out of that show wasn't actually Maven. Like I, th- I think he went straight in and got hurt, but uh, Harvard, the, was it Chris Harvard? Oh was yeah. It, yeah. It was like the, um, Chris Nowitzki. Yeah. He like, mm-hmm. didn't he go by like Chris Harvard or something like that? Or, or um, he was Ivy League. I don't think he, yeah, he had the background, but I don't, I think his name was always Christopher Nowitzki, okay. but I could be, I could be mistaken. I'm very like, I, I'm aware of history, but then like, there's so <laughs> many like other details where I'm like, wow, am I that far off? Or it's like the Mandela effect yeah, where like you swear you remember something by, you're like, no, it, it, it it's this. And then you go and look it back and you're like, what? How did that even compute in my brain? So I I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct. What I do remember about that show as well is that the soundtrack was legit. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a rock soundtrack that I still, I still listen to songs off of it to this day. And every time I hear, um, I think it's the song gone away by, I think it's, I think the band's name is cold or it's cold Mm -hmm. by gone away. One of, one of the two, but every time you hear that song, that was the exit song for whenever they kick somebody off the show. And I oh, wow. still remember, like every time I hear that that song, I still remember that show like distinctly. Um, so what what was it about wrestling that you know? I mean, obviously, as kids, like I watched wrestling growing up. You know, I loved mm-hmm. it. But you know, what was it taking that next? Like you already knew it was the next step you wanted to take. So mm-hmm. like, was it something that 
you sought out or it just kind of fell to you? Like you, you just kind of knew about the place. So you just kind of fell into it and then it took over or was it, you know, something you were just like seeking out to do, to go do? It was, I guess a, a little bit of both. Like I was kind of seeking it out, but then it, it fell into place. Um, I actually, uh, I, I tell this story. It It's, um, it's such like a, you know, everything happens for a reason type thing. Um, and it, and it kind of dates back. And then again, like each thing again, kind of fell into how I even, how I even started wrestling. And it starts with, you know, okay. So I, I met Bud Carson, you know, now I, and now I'm aware of, of his building and I can go in the ring and stuff like that. Um, so then, uh, my junior year of basketball, this is kind of where it starts. Um, I wasn't I wasn't really great at basketball. Like I was good enough to make the the, the team, but I I wasn't uh, I wasn't a starter by any means. Yeah. But my junior year, three guys got hurt, and they were all out for the season. So yeah. then I got bumped up, and I started my entire junior year. Okay. And I and it, it was I, I guess I played well enough to keep the spot because we still had other people on the team. But I I remember I started my entire junior year. It seems like an irrelevant detail, but again, it, it'll fall into place. I promise. So that was like the next step played my entire uh junior year then that same uh then coming that summer um i had gotten into a car accident and because i got into a car accident i was on my way to work and i was still going through like the training process of work so since i missed like my last day of training i had to do like a makeup training where then i met um my my buddy barry so okay. barry was the one that then introduced me to bud so that this is how it all started kind of falling into place so then i met bud and then i started you know wrestling with my friends there then my senior year came and it was like okay i have to put wrestling aside because like i have no time i have to play my senior year well my senior year came and um i didn't play one minute for the first five games oh wow and and to me like even even when i went to play my senior year it was like i even getting ready for the season, every time I went to practice, I'm like, I just want to wrestle. Like, I don't want to do this. I know I'm only doing this because I know it's my last year and I, and I have, and I have to finish out. I've been playing basketball for like 14 years at this point. Yeah. But again, like there, I, I wasn't practicing well. I was having really terrible practices, which is why I didn't start. And I knew that. Um, so yeah, I didn't, pra I didn't play like the first five games and, and my, my family on the, at the same time, like we weren't financially like well off. My, my mom, you know, didn't work at the time. So I was like, I, I have my own car now. Like, you know, I need to go make money. And then this is kind of combating it of like, well, I can't, I can't have a job if I'm playing basketball. So I quit, I quit my senior year. And to me, I was like, I think I already had my senior year last year. I got to play that entire year. Yeah. So I was fine with, with quitting. So I quit, I went back to wrestling. And then part of the reason why, uh, the Samoans had left Bud's was because they had found out that Bud was letting, you know, kids like wrestle in the ring and they didn't want that. They didn't huh. want people like, you know, being in, in their ring essentially, Yeah. which I, you know, I understand because they could ruin it, yeah. you know, like, and I'm sure that there were other things, but I knew that was part of it. So then, but they found out about it because, you know, the kids were talking and then we would post on, you know, social media, which was, you know, MySpace at the time, yada, yada, yada. So that's yeah. how they found out. So 
if if it might not have been for me being a part of that group and us posting on social like that would not have happened then the Samoans wouldn't have left and then Bud might not have started his own school and then recruited me in that instance so again like each thing kind of like just fell into it and then that's how I fell upon the school because it just took me there yeah and then that's how it all started that's awesome so yeah like and I mean you've had some crazy highlights you know throughout your career as well um like I said you've been doing this 17 years so Mm -hmm. like what are some things that you've just kind of gone through and experienced that you just absolutely love about you know about wrestling um, overall, I think the number one, like if, if, you know, yesterday was my last day of wrestling, you know, it's, is it okay? Well, what are you going to remember about, about wrestling or like, what's the most important or what are highlights? It's not matches. It's not, you know, titles. It's just like the, the stories or the memories that you get to have with all of the guys. And, and now I, I'm being more conscientious of me knowing like, I guess technically I'm on the back end of my career. Like I have no, I have no exit window. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying like I'm done by age 40 or 45. Like if I'm healthy and it works, like it's not interfering with anything. Like I'm going to keep going. Like I don't, I don't have any qualms of it. If I'm 50 years old and I'm in great shape and I can still, you know, maybe do the opening match and and call it a day. Like, yeah, I'm going (laughs) to keep wrestling, but yeah, excuse me. But I, you know, again, I know I'm probably on the back end. I'm probably on the back nine now. Yeah. Um, so I'm being more self-aware of when I do get to have matches with friends of mine or, or people that I've known for a long time, buddies, or, you know, people that I consider family, I'm taking more time of like just enjoying the day, enjoying the process. Um, so now I've, I've started a tradition of, you know, making sure I grab my buddies after our match and we go and take a celebratory shot of something, whatever, you know, their drink of choice. Yeah. I, get, I get more pictures now. That was another thing. You know, it was frowned upon to take pictures with, you know, your opponents. It's different if, like, it's your friend. Yeah. But if you're working, like, a name or something, like, oh, you know, don't be a mark, don't be a fan, and, like, go ask them for a picture. But it's – and, uh, you know, I get where they're coming from. But at the same time, it's like if these are people that, like, you idolize – you know, I don't see anything wrong with just being like, hey, if it wasn't for you, you know, I, I might not be here today. And, and I would really like to just get a picture and just remember this moment. Because yeah. especially if I didn't have pictures, I, I barely remember anything. As we've already talked about, my memory <laughs> is terrible. So I have to take more pictures with people. Otherwise, I'm not going to remember things. Yeah. And and that's that's awesome. Like, that's one of the things that I've kind of been doing with, you know, because I'm into CrossFit and I, you know, I'm doing a lot of CrossFit adjacent podcasts and talking to a lot of, you know, high level athletes and things like that. And kind of, you know, with the podcast, yeah, I've got the, you know, these conversations with them and stuff, but like at the end of it, it's like, you know, when I'm doing like live shows with people, I'm like, Hey, let's, let's do a picture together. And like, you know, kind of, you know, mark, mark the moment. Um, mm-hmm. mar- marking the moment is, is like a, a, a nice phrase for it of just like, Hey, I want to, I want to remember this. I want to, you know, this isn't something that I'm going to go and get printed and have you autograph it and then go sell it later. You know, this is for me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, and, and that's really what it is because, you know, you see a lot of people and a lot of fans, like I've got friends of mine who are absolutely huge wrestling fans. Um, mm-hmm. and they go and they see their favorite person and they get all this memorabilia and all this stuff and they, and they collect and collect and collect. And I'm like, I'm good with one. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to get like, you know, 
30 autographs of of you know i'm not gonna throw anybody on blast and, and name who yeah but you know i don't need 30 30 autographs of the same person on on this and that and that okay cool i get an autograph you know one thing or you know or get a picture of this you know this one time or you know kind of you know roundabout um but it's more just for me it's not for you know for me to gain off of it and, and do things like that yeah. you know really just kind of like you said, remembering, you know, I'm, I'm 42. It's hard to remember things. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's, there's a, there's a great interview. Um, I forget what the guy's name is, but um, his clip went viral. It, it, I think it's a couple of years old now, but um, I recently came across it on TikTok not long ago. And it was, uh, I, I think he's a college basketball player and he was being interviewed. It was his senior year. And um, you know, he, one, the, the question that he was asked is what is he going to miss most about, um, you know, playing in college or, or just, you know, playing in general. And he started breaking down immediately because he knew what the answer was and he had to like collect himself and he just goes going out to eat. And I was like, that's, that it resonated with me so much because that's exactly it. Like I get to the show and there's times where, you know, I I'm, I'm way more relaxed than most people with, with wrestling. But again, I've been doing this a little bit longer than, than, than most. And, I'll have buddies come up and they're, they're like excited because, you know, we get to work and then they're like, all right, I have this idea. I have that idea. Like, what do you got? And I'm like, I'm thinking about Waffle House afterwards, like, or where else, <laughs> yes. do, where do you, where do you want to go? And they're like, what? It's like, I'm thinking about where we're going to eat afterwards. Yeah. Well, and I just want to have fun. That was one of the coolest things. So, you know, you watch, you, you know, you watch WWE or, you know, any of the, the wrestling on TV and you see all these personalities and you see all these things. Um, and one of the things that was neat when I walked into the room with you guys, and and I'm sure it's true on every single level be- because of, you know, yes, you guys are there to put on a show and perform and do these things. It's like, like I was in the back talking to a lot of you guys and you guys could not be any nicer, like just the nicest people in the world. And then I walk up there with a microphone onto the, you know, in, into the ring and just the biggest a-holes come out of the, come out of the, uh, the curtains to come up on stage and they're just, you know, going back and forth and just playing the crowd and just being, you know, the complete heel. And I'm like, wow, like had I like this, this being my first interaction, you know, with you guys, Mm -hmm. like, I would never have seen that coming up, Mm -hmm. you know, from the conversation we just had in the back, like these guys were so nice and so, you know, just chill and down to earth and, and, and awesome. I just, I really enjoyed yeah. it. It, w- it was funny, actually a couple uh, weeks ago, or actually this is like a month ago. Now I was wrestling for um, pride of wrestling and the, uh, the ring announcer for that show. And forgive me, I, for- I forget his name off the top of my head, but <clears throat> he ended up coming up to me later because I didn't see him earlier in the day. And then I, when I went out, um, I, he thought I was looking at him. I, <laughs> I honestly don't, I don't know because again, I'm in the moment. So I'm just like, the ca- I know the camera's on. And, um, he said, he goes, I thought I mispronounced your name or like, I called you by the wrong thing because I look, I look outside the ring and you were getting ready to get in the ring. But he's like, you were, you were dead locked on me as if you were going to kill me as if I said something wrong. And I was like, Oh, did I? I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, he's like, I really thought something, something went so wrong because that's how, that's how like in the zone you were. And I was like, 
I don't even remember even looking at you. So sorry, <laughs> but yeah, oh. but that's the, that's the big difference when the camera's on it. It's crazy. Yeah. It was like, Oh, you were there. I, I did. Yeah. And, and that didn't was, and that was one of the things that I even, I even talked to, uh, to Tyler after, you know, after the show and everything. And I was like, Hey, um, you know, like, I don't exactly know, like, this is my first show, so I don't exactly know how to interact here and, like, certain things. I'm like, mm-hmm. give me some tips and tricks and things that I can do to kind of play into the show because my thought is I want to get up there, and when I'm up there, I want to announce and be big and have this personality of, like, really blowing up, you know, getting the crowd up and going. But once mm-hmm. I announce the the wrestlers, I want to be gone. Like, I want to be, like, backed off and and the, and the attention is on you. And a couple times while I was up there, uh, some of the wrestlers would actually like come and interact with me when I interact when I bring somebody else in, and I'm like, I don't even know what to do here. I'm trying to like fade into the background, and you're like pulling me into this thing. <laughs> so, so it's just kind of yeah, like just, trying just, to negotiate. Just go that with it, man. And just yeah, just go with it. Yeah, whatever whatever you're feeling in that moment. Like, I think a, a a big thing that I try to tell a lot of people, and and not just you know again ring announcers or people that are new, like. Even guys that that have maybe you know five, six, seven, eight years of experience, but they're still kind of falling into these, I guess, traps or like bad habits of just kind of like you know putting on the wrestling show, but they're doing it in the wrong way. Like when there's certain times where when you're sitting back as a fan, it, it's kind of like I always say it's kind of like watching a movie. When you're watching a movie from the comfort of your your couch, and you're and you're watching how the movie is playing out. It's kind of like, you know, the the girl in a horror movie. You don't realize how you're reacting until you're on the outside. So the girl always gets yelled at because she runs upstairs rather than out the front door. And there's a lot of occasions when wrestlers are acting a certain way because they think it's like, oh, well, it's wrestling. It's the show. But it's like, yeah, and we get that. It's a show and we're entertaining. But at the same time, don't forget, like, there's an audience here that's going to call you out on like what they see and what's like black and white to them. The girl running upstairs rather than out the front door is black and white to us while we're watching. And it's the same thing. So as a ring announcer, it just using you, for example, because that's what we're talking about. If, you know, if you didn't know how to react and I'm not saying this is, this is what happened, but I've seen this where a ring announcer is there and some, you know, six foot five, 300 pound guy is staring down a ring announcer and they start giggling because they don't know how to act or, and they're nervous, but it's like, you should be scared of this guy. Yeah. He's six foot five and 300 pounds and he's a monster and he's killing the entire roster. It's kind of like how everyone would react to the undertaker. Like they just get the hell out of the way because they're like, I'm not messing with that guy. Yeah. But again, they don't realize that they were falling into these until you're on the outside. Like, Oh, I should have done that. Damn it. Well now, you know, for next time. <laughs> so, so what I did. So in the, in the final match, uh, it was the four way, the fatal four way. And, uh, one of the, one of the wrestlers came out and as I was introducing the other wrestlers in, he would like get behind me, like he was trying to hide behind me. So I would just like step away, look at him and be like, you picked this. This is, you know, it's just like very kind of nonchalant. Like these are your, this is your job. You got to go, you got to go take care of it. You know, just kind of like a don't hide behind me guy, you know? Yeah. trying to play along exactly. with the play along with the whole thing. Um, that's good. So you obviously we've you've had some big moves go on uh, just just recently. Uh, you're wearing the shirt. Um, if you're listening to this, you're not seeing the you know the picture. But tell me about House of Champions 
and kind of how that whole came about and what, you know, we talked about it, you know, backstage is really cool kind of what you're creating. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what you're creating down there and it's in Longwood, Florida. So if you're in mm-hmm. central Florida area and you want to get into wrestling, this is, you know, this is uh, completely different than anything that um, is offered. I, I honestly would say anywhere in the country. I don't know of any other spot that even comes close to to what we're doing. Um, so how House of Champions started, the very first conversation that I had, uh, there, so the owners are um, some very good friends of mine. Um, you know, they're, they're essentially family to me. Um, uh, Nick and Renee, they're a married couple. Um, Nick. Uh, for those that don't know, is Jamie Stanley on NWA. Okay. Um, so Nick Nick had shot me a message. Um, I want to say this is at least six months ago. This was a while ago. And he was asking me questions about my wrestling ring, like how much it cost me, maintenance, like how often, you know, companies rent it, yada, yada, yada. So I thought he wanted to get into the rental game. Um, so we we keep going with these questions and he goes, you know, yeah, I'm thinking about opening up a gym. That was that was his statement. He didn't say, I'm thinking about opening up a wrestling school. Or anything. He said, I th- I'm thinking about opening up a gym, and I want to get a ring for it. Um, so I was just trying to feel out, like, you know, cost. And again, just like, you know, just information for myself. Now, people don't know this because I don't get to talk about this a lot, but Nick and Renee have done so much for me and my family since moving here. Nick was one of the reasons that, you know, that kind of motivated me to move to Florida. Um, you know, the very first day that we met in WWE catering, he, he you know, drove me back to where I was staying in Florida. And, and again, that was the very first day that we met. So, like, from day one, he was offering, you know, to help me. And again, we, we have no idea who each other are. But, like, that's just that just shows, like, you know, how nice of a guy he is and how nice Nick and Renee are and how good people they are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I could go on and on with the amount of good things that they've done for us. And it would, and it would be the entire podcast. So, (laughs) so to fast forward through all that, sure. When he had mentioned that, like, yeah, I'm opening up a school or I'm opening up a gym, excuse me. And, and, you know, I'm looking to buy a ring. I was like, well, I have one. It sits in my trailer. It's all yours. And he was like, what? He's like, no, no, come on. And I was like, that's the least I can do. Like, it's the very least I can do is offer you, like, take my ring. I was like, when I need, when I need it for rentals, I'll take it, you know, and I'll give yeah. you my schedule. I was like, but it's the absolute least I could do, like, take my ring. So that's how it started. That was the conversations. And then it was just like, you know, hey, if it happens, it happens or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, I want to say two, three months ago, it was, hey, this conversation is real now. Um, you know, we started, we got a, we got a commercial realtor you know, we're looking for, we're for, for properties and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, Oh wow. Like that's, that's awesome. Like this, it's the real thing now. And then all of a sudden the conversation turned to, Oh, this is going to be a full performance center. Like it's going to be a wrestling school. And I was like, Oh, like awesome. Like great. Like, and then they started telling me everything that they wanted to implement to the business. And I was just like, this is insane. Like no other school has this, which I'll get into. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, then once they were like, yeah, we found a space, you know, I think we're going to be opening this month or, you know, uh, coming up and, uh, you know, like the, like things are moving like along very fast, like out of nowhere. Um, so then, you know, one day uh, we were having conversations and they said, you know, this is good. This is the person that we think is going to be the head trainer. 
um, which was somebody else within NWA. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, good, you know, great choice. Um, you know, very smart. And then they started like kind of spitballing ideas to me about, um, you know, business plans and, you know, how, cause I used to have a school, I had a school up in Pennsylvania. So they okay. asked me questions on how I ran my school. Um, you know, how I did certain things, how I balanced new experienced guys with non-experienced guys, so on and so forth. Um, but then it just kind of, you know, things didn't work out with the guy that, you know, they were, they were going to be moving forward with as the head trainer. And then one day they, they invited us over for dinner, which again, because that's who they are. Yeah. And, um, you know, they were talking more about the school and then they said, you know, Hey, we wanted to offer you something, you know, it didn't work out with who we thought we were going to move forward with, but they're like, even from the beginning, we thought it was either going to be you or, or this other guy. And we weren't sure, but like, you've just been so supportive. Like I was sharing their graphics, you know, every time that they were posting something or they sent me something, I'm like, can I share this? And they're like, yes. Cause I want to support my friends. Yeah. And hey, by uh, the way, the graphics then, are legit. Like they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. So good. <laughs> like you gave me that, like, you gave me that card and I was like, dude, I don't even know what this is, but I want to look it up. Like this is yeah. awesome. That's all Renee because Renee is, she, she, she's in marketing. Like that's what she does, gotcha. you know, for, for her, her current job. So she knows, she knows her stuff, you know? So yeah, they, they kindly offered me the position, which I was very, I was very taken back by it. Um, because I know, like, I know my place in wrestling. Like I'm not a name, you know, like if a common fan looks me up, you know, yeah, you can find me on Google, but if you ask them if they know who I am, I know that they don't know who I am. Yeah. I know that I, I've never been signed to WWE or impact or AEW. Like I very much know my resume. Yeah. So when somebody, especially friends are, are, Again, business is business. So when they're starting their business, then they're dumping all of this money into their business. You have to go with what makes more sense for business. And I and in wrestling, it's generally what your name is. But they are just so confident in and I, I guess how I do things that that's why I was so taken back by it that they even that they even offered me that position. Like, yeah, of course, like they're using my ring, but that has nothing to do with it. It was theirs before I even knew it was a school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they offered me the position. Of course I took it because I love, uh, I love helping. I love teaching. Um, you know, so now we're fully invested into this. Um, so, you know, to kind of backtrack, um, the reason that the house of champions is going to be so different than any other school is because there's so many aspects to the wrestling business that schools don't get to touch on or that they don't get to focus on just because of you know, their facility. And that's not a knock on them by any means. Sure. It's just, that's, that's just the way it is. Most schools, I want to say 98% of wrestling schools is just a ring in a building. Then very few, again, like the 2% have a ring and maybe some gym equipment. Like I know monster factory has a full, um, excuse me, a full weight room. Mm -hmm. I, I, can't, I honestly couldn't even tell you another one, a nightmare factory, I know that they just recently moved. So I think, I think they do still have a, a weight room, but I know that they, they used to, um, but again, 2% maybe yeah. have a, have a weight room also. So we have a full weight room. Another aspect that a lot of schools don't touch on is recovery and taking care of our bodies. So we're going to be having, uh, we're going to have cold plunges. Um, we're going to have saunas. We have tens units. Um, we have, um, I forget what, what they're actually called, but those like massage units, those like full, like full leg. Oh yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, Type um, devices that like you know uses air and pressure yes. you know to for uh, rehabilitation. I, I know which, um, I know exactly. They're like the leg sleeves, like they're almost like yeah. Giant. I'm not sure what they're called. Yeah. yeah, 
but uh, but we'll have that um, again. Another aspect is um, you know the digital media and and marketing. So because Renee is a is a marketer, you know she's able to hold marketing classes within the school to show you how to use social media, how to do this, how to do that, which again isn't isn't really touched on. It's kind of like yeah, post on Facebook, post on social. Like yeah, that doesn't that doesn't really do the job. It's it's a science behind it. Yeah. Um, so we'll have that. We'll have areas for. Um, you know, promo shoots, you know, video, photos, those types of things. Um, we, again, since we, we're, we're able to have the weight room. So we're going to have, um, you know, diet plans, fitness plans, um, you know, one-on-one personal training type, you know, whether it's in ring or again with the weight room. So there's just so much that, that they're offering and it's, and it's insane. It's an insane amount. Like it's literally a performance center. So that's why a lot of, a, a lot of these posts I've been saying, imagine the NXT performance center, but now everybody has access to it yeah. because I, I honestly, I, I don't know of what else the PC has that we don't have or that we don't, that we don't offer. So that's how insane this is. That's awesome. And so, you know, I do a lot with, you know, like I said, with CrossFit and, and that's a big thing is recovery, um, you know, recovery and making sure that, yeah, you can go in and you can train and you can be the hardest worker in the gym. That's fine. But you, at some point your body's going to break down. And if you mm-hmm. don't take care of it properly and you don't rest when you should, um, you don't, you know, make sure that you, you know, are doing the heat, the cold, you know, making sure that you're doing it at the right times, making sure diet's on point. Um, I, listen, I saw you guys in the ring. Anybody who says it's not a sport is dumb. <laughs> like, like it is athletic. It, it is, it is it, crazy athletic to see the things that you guys do and how, um, sort I'm looking for how in tune you need to be with everything that's going on in the ring, because it's very easy to get injured by just, mm-hmm. not, by just not paying attention, um, or yeah. just being out of there's, place. There's been, there's been so many times that a bump is just slightly off and I've literally fallen and I might not even hurt in that moment, but I am, I'm so in tune with my body to the point where I've, fallen it wasn't right and i go that's gonna hurt tomorrow yeah like that's that's not gonna be so i'll give you a prime instance this past weekend i wrestled in atlanta georgia and um i i wrestled in a, a intergender tag team match and uh dream girl ellie um i she went to give me a um a head scissors right okay. so we're spinning we're spinning we're spinning when i went to release her and let go she was spinning around so fast that she actually still swung behind me. <laughs> so when I went to flip out of the move, my back foot kicked her in the face. Oh. So I couldn't so I couldn't physically flip, yeah. but I wasn't prepared for that obviously. So when I went to flip, I just I literally spiked myself on top of my head. And I and I I did it and I was like, "What the hell just happened? Like how did that What did I get stuck on?" Yeah. And then it wasn't until we get to the back and she's like, thanks for kicking me in the face. And I was like, that's what it was. Oh, I was like, I was wondering what happened. I was like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But, I was just, but again, something so small. And it's just like, it, and I, now, you know, I'm, I'm fine. But of course, like my neck is, you know, a little bit stiffer than, than normal. So yeah. yeah, it's just something so small that that can happen. that just kind of throws you off for the week. Uh, another prime example, I didn't land right on my frog splash uh over at at pride of wrestling over a month ago and my thumb still hurts like i'm still waiting for my hand to recover yeah it's insane 
Yeah, it, it, but you, and and the just the like I said, the feats of athleticism that you guys do is just incredible. And it was really interesting again because although I've watched wrestling, you know, you, you can watch it on TV and you can see all that, but to go beforehand and see everybody kind of going through moves and just kind of going through, you know, kind of just drilling and just making mm-hmm. sure that, okay, I'm going to do this. And when I do this, you're going to do this and just making sure that, you know, everybody is on the same page. Cause I, I can assume with, with the way that you guys, you know, do different shows and you're, you know, you're wrestling with different people and people that you've never wrestled with before. It can kind of be, um, not intimidating is not the word, but kind of, you could be a little nervous going cautious. in. Yeah. Cautious. Yes. Of, mm-hmm. of going in and being like, okay, does this guy know what he's doing or not? Because, yeah. you know, I know what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. I, t- I tell my kids this all the time, especially my son, my son, want, he's six years old and he wants to play football. And I'm like, dude, no. Um, because of the best coach, you could have the best coach teaching you the best moves and doing the best of everything. My problem is the other team. And the other team's coach, and if he's not teaching how to tackle correctly, and he's teaching them to lead with the head, that's on you. You get hurt because of that, not, you know, and, and he's six. So, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's some caution with with him. He's also, you know, he was a preemie. He's one of my, you know, he's one of the smaller kids that we've had, um, you know, but he goes out, he plays baseball. He freaking loves it. He he kills it. Um, and he, and like I told you um, at the at the show, my my younger daughter who's 10 has recently gotten into wwe and she has like dived all in on the divas and she's watching like matches on youtube left and right and just anything she can watch and now oliver the six-year-old has started watching it as well and they start watching matches and then you know next thing you know they're in the bedroom doing you know doing all sorts of moves everything doing everything they can and she's like telling me all the different you know you know arm bars and and different moves and she was like that's this and this she named off some move today that i that um actually i I pulled up one of your videos because i told her i was interviewing you um Mm. one of one of your matches on on youtube and she's like oh that's that move oh this is that move i'm like this this is incredible this kid is just like all in but yeah. um, but yeah, it, what, you know what I was what I was getting at is that it's not, you know, it's not you that I'm worried about. It's mm-hmm. the other people that you're playing against, and if they know what they're doing, and with a sport mm-hmm. like wrestling, it's I, I would imagine it's such a high risk, high reward. Um, where if something is off, like you said, it, you know, the potential is it could be could be devastating, not because you didn't know what you were doing, but because someone else didn't. Yeah. And that's why, you know, a lot of times when I face somebody that I've, you know, either never met before, or I've never faced before, like I do my research, you know, I go on YouTube and I pull up their matches and I can, I can see if I'm going to be comfortable, you know, in 30 seconds of watching somebody's match. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I could pick it out. Um, and then if I see that, you know, eh, this might not be the most comfortable match that I've ever had, you know, then you just, again, like kind of, be more cautious with like, eh, I might not do that today. <laughs> eh, I might not do this today. Yeah. Um, because even, even still like another big thing that a lot of people, uh, and I feel a lot of wrestlers don't take into consideration as much. They, they want to be the best wrestler that they can be. So they want to make sure that their moves are on point and everything looks great and that's fine and dandy. But the, 
the big thing that I feel most wrestlers don't do is they focus on their, their in-ring work with their cardio. A lot of guys don't focus on cardio and it's not until they are completely exhausted. They're like, they have no breath in their lungs and you go to do a move and you're not able to hold them up because you, you have nothing in the tank. Yeah. And then you accidentally drop somebody on their head or you, you or God forbid you drop yourself on your head because you can't protect yourself on a move or, you know, whatever the case is. And it's a lot, it's a lot of occasions. And I, you know, I've, I constantly stress on my social media for more wrestlers to take that aspect serious, but nobody wants to do it yeah. because it sucks. And yeah. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. It sucks. Like, do you think I, <laughs> you think I want to put myself through that torture? Like, no, I really don't. I mean, yeah, part of me does, but it's like, I really would rather sit on the couch and play Warzone, or I'd rather <laughs> go eat pizza. Yeah. But like, yeah, I eat well and I train to make sure that I'm, I can take care of you and you're not going to get hurt and I'm not going to get hurt. Cause I want to go home to my kids Yeah. and I want to make sure if they have kids, like they can go home and play with their kids too. Like, you know, we all want to go home safely, but, um, and it, and it's, it's happened quite often and especially recently where I get in the ring with guys and it's just like, you know, they just, they just don't put in the time and effort, you know, and it, and it is what it is. But again, yes, I have to be very cautious. I have to kind of, and I, and I can see that also. Yeah. And it's not just, it's not just, you know, again, how they, how they look appearance wise, because they could look like a million bucks. They could also have, you know, beef, built like a diesel truck and, and get eight miles to the gallon. And, and you know, they're all of a sudden they're out of fuel, yeah. you know, five minutes into the match, three minutes into the match. So, you know, that's why I love training with the people that I do because a lot really we focus on cardio every single week and we torture the hell of ourselves because at the end of that match, you better make everything look great. Yeah. You know, so, and, the, and those matches are not short. I mean, these aren't like, no. you know, two, three minute matches. These are, you know, 15, you know, 15 to 20 minute matches in some cases. And, you know, definitely a, a good chunk of time. And yeah, you got to be able to got to be able to keep up. One of the things that that I'm I love hearing is, you know, the, yeah, I'm going to torture myself to make sure that, you know, I'm I'm at top form. But it sounds a lot like so, you know, there are different, you know, obviously fighting disciplines, you know, when you get into, mm-hmm. you know, like mixed martial arts and, and that sort of thing. Um, and I listen to, you know, Joe Rogan a lot. And, you know, he's always talking about like you know, you know, black belt or, um, Brazilian jujitsu and things like that and how you can tell how people move. It sounds a lot mm-hmm. like that. Um, you it's know, 100%, 100%, a, a story that I, that I tell, I, I used to tell my students and I, and I still tell to this day, it's something that stuck out with me and I, and I've remembered forever. It was on the ENC podcast, the edge and Christian podcast edge told this story about him coming back from his, his neck injury. Yeah. Um, when, you know, way back when, not, not when he recently came back, um, when he first came back from his neck surgery and he was getting ready to, to get in the ring, this was when OVW was still around. And, um, you know, of course he's very cautious because like he, he broke his neck, like he's getting ready to come back. Like, you know, now he hasn't been paying attention to who's in OVW. So he doesn't know a lot of these guys um and also on top of it like ovw wasn't treated the same way that nxt was where like you see these guys on tv on like you know the the network so it was a lot different like again you had no idea who these guys were 
but he told the story about how he went to OVW and they essentially said, yeah, like, yeah, you know, grab whoever you want, you know, get in the ring, like start getting the rust off, start getting the feels back, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he said, I watched this one guy walk around the ring, around the facility, and he just walked so smoothly that I knew that his footwork and everything else must be so great inside the ring that I would be fine and he's going to be able to take care of me. <laughs> and he was 100% right. And that guy was Sean Spears, uh, Ty Dillinger, whoever, you know, whatever name that, yeah. you know, they remember him as. Um, and again, that, it, and it's so true because I watch, I can, uh, you know, footwork is a huge thing in, in what we do. And, and I do the same thing. I watch, how people like how they move, how like they, you know, like they're like they hold their upper body. Are they very stiff? Are they laid back? Are their steps like calm? Are they more like boom, boom, boom? You know, like you can just tell a lot by just how they are in that moment. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it almost feels like when you know you're walking in, and I'm like, okay, now that guy's a black belt. This guy's a you know purple belt. Like you just have like different different levels of of you know, what you can do with, with each person. And that also, mm -hmm. that also tells you what you're able to do with them as well. You know, whether or not, okay, I can, I can throw my good move. You know, I can, I can throw my, my advanced move in there. Or you got some mm -hmm. guy who's, you know, super green that, you know, yeah, I shouldn't throw that at him or, you know, we're both going to come out hurt from it. Um, so there's it, a lot of, a lot of trust as well mm -hmm. that, that you have to have. So with, so how did you come up with, you know, I love, dude, your, your whole, with the costume or the whole, the whole the presentation, the presentation. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 dude. So what's funny is I posted, <laughs> so you saw that I posted, you know, do you have any questions? Um, and mm -hmm. I, and I posted that picture of you in the full headdress and everything. And one of the guys that I'm friends with messaged me, he's like, I don't because this picture terrifies the hell out of me. <laughs> I was, and I responded back to him. I was like, which is hilarious because he was one of the nicest people that I've ever met you know, <laughs> at, at the show. Um, the camera was off. That's why. Yeah. So like, do you enjoy, do you enjoy more being the crowd favorite or the heel or like, like how, how do you like, you know, kind of playing those, those different roles? So I'm primarily uh, a, a baby face or a good guy for, you know, whatever lingo that somebody might be aware of. I've, I've, I've been primarily that for a long time, even before I was the Hawaiian warrior, when yeah. I was my first gimmick, which was the flying Hawaiian, like I was always a good guy. Um, I don't, I'm not exactly sure like why I kind of fell into that. Uh, I think it's just, you know, again, I guess it's because, you know, before, like, you know, I'm generally a nice guy, you know, laid back. Um, I was a little bit different when I was when I was younger. I was a little bit more, you know, uh, tough outside out uh, outer exterior, you know, at first, but, you know, but again, I calmed down after some years. But well, you, um, have, you have two girls and that just... have two girls. Yeah, they, they soften you. It changes a man. <laughs> yes. So, um yeah, I, I know that I love being a babyface because I find it way more challenging than being a, a, a bad guy. And I always give everyone this example between the two because I've, I've had arguments for the for the other side of, you know, a heel is, is way harder because a heel 
is supposed to kind of dictate the pacing and the match and, you know, how things are going. And I completely understand that as well. But the example I always give is, you know, if you've ever gone to a party or a get together or like you're with your one friend and you're meeting like his other friends or their other, you know, people that you don't know, it's very easy for them to just hate you. <laughs> you could do the weird, like you could sneeze weird and they're like, the f- yeah. what's this guy? Like, or you, t- or you try to tell a joke and it comes off the wrong way. And they're like, this guy's an idiot. Like yeah. who brought him? Like, <laughs> it's very easy for people to not like you. Now think of the same scenario and think how hard is it to get, let's say 20, like five people, 10 people, to all collectively be like, I love that guy. Yeah. Like that guy's awesome. It's almost impossible on the first the first time that you're meeting somebody. Now imagine meeting two, three, four, five hundred, a thousand people for the first time and going <laughs> out and getting that entire audience to go like, I like that guy. Yeah. Like that guy's cool. It's very hard. Yeah. It's very hard. So my gear definitely helps because they're like, this guy, who the hell is this guy? Like this guy looks like a Mortal Kombat character, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Street Fighter, you know. Um, so that helps. So that's how I've, uh, you know, again, primarily been. I do like also being a heel just because it's fun sometimes to, like, be with quick on, like, the, the comebacks or to look at someone and come up with a joke right away. Like, I love I love the banter. Yeah. So that part is fun, I will say. But yeah, um, but yeah how the Hawaiian Warrior you know, came about essentially was, um, and how like the entire gear. So, um, it's a, uh, a modern day, uh, Hawaiian warrior. So it was a, the Koa army. It's, it's very, very old, very, you know, uh, Hawaiian traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, so the helmets that Hawaiian warriors used to wear, um, they were made out of gourds. So then I kind of wanted to take that idea, but they look, they just look old. Like I get it. I get why they look the way that they do, because again, they were made out of, you know, vegetables, yeah. but um, <laughs> I wanted to kind of give it a new look. And then I had, I went to artists and they, and I said, you know, I want some tribal symbols on it. And these are my colors. Like, can we mesh all of this? Um, so I had some very creative people, you know, come up with the helmet. And then um, the original King of Hawaii, King Kamehameha, um, he has his own statue Yep. He has his own college street names after him, you know, very, he's a, he's a, he's a God in Hawaii. Um, there's a statue of him with uh, a big helmet on um, his, his uh, spear and a big robe. So I was like, okay, I need the robe. You know, I wanted to emulate him Yeah. Um, because the flying wine, every time that I would get like a ring of honor tryout, or I would talk to people within WWE, it was always like, okay, you're very, you're very generic. Like you're a Hawaiian guy and you come out and you're a good guy. Like, okay, yeah. What else? You know, we have a, we have a ton of, we have a ton of good guys. Like we need, we need more of a story. We need more of a character. So it was actually when I tore my ACL um, back in 2014 was when like, okay, like I have time to think of something now. Like I have to reinvent myself and I want to come back from this injury, like a completely different person. So as I was researching King Kamehameha, I actually read the story about how he took his kids up to a top of a volcano the night before a battle and he took his kids and he threw them into the volcano to sacrifice them to the gods in order to win the war. And I was like, that's some heel shit. Yeah. I was like, that's, you just killed your kids, you know, <laughs> that's, to win that's a horrible. war. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. I was like, why is this guy, why is this guy a King? Like, why is he, 
you know, a God in this, in, in Hawaii. And I was like, so it was an easy translation between like, okay, so if, if I'm willing, if I was saying that I was the bloodline of King Kamehameha and I was like, my blood sacrifices our own blood to win a war, to become champ. Like, so what do you think I'm going to sacrifice in order to win the heavyweight championship of this company? Gotcha. It's an easy story. It's an yeah. easy promo. So I was like, all right, I'm going to come back and be healed. So that's where the helmet came from. The rope came from. I used to come out with a spear and then I wanted to use that as like another weapon, you know, kind of like Jimmy Hart's, you know, megaphone or yeah. um, the model Rick Martel. He had the the sprayer. Like I wanted my thing to also be like another factor in my matches. So I, I came back as heel, but then every company was like, we really need you to be a good guy. Like we, <laughs> like you, you were one of our, our, our top good guys. Like, and we have a lot of heels because being a heel is very easy and most people are heels. Yeah. So they're like, we really need you to be a good guy. So then I went back to being the flying Hawaiian kind of, but I was like, I just spent all this money on all this gear and changing my gimmick. I'm like, I can't be the flying Hawaiian anymore. And Keikoa actually means courageous warrior in Hawaiian. So I was like, why don't I just wear all this and call myself the Hawaiian warrior? I was like, it's, it's literally right. It's been right in front of me this entire time. Yeah. So then I was like, screw it. That's what I'm going to do. And I was like, Let, let's figure it out. Let's see if this is a good idea. And, and I've, and I've stuck with it since 2015. Well, it was awesome because, and, and again, I didn't, so I actually, so I met you beforehand when we kind of mm-hmm. did the rundown of, you know, inter- introductions and stuff like that. And then I went out and I, so I didn't even see you in the full, in the full getup, like yeah before you came out. So I announced you out and you come through the, you know, come through the, uh, the entryway. Sure. And I was like, Oh yeah. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> this, yeah. this is awesome. And, and, and even when I was a bad guy um, and I came back to companies that I had been wrestling for, for years, and fans had known me or again, even, even fans like meeting me for the first time, like they would come up to me during intermission when I was like signing autographs or like maybe I was leaving. Cause I didn't sign autographs too much as a heel, but like at some point, like I would talk to these fans and a lot of fans, a lot of fans would literally pull me to the side and they're like, how, how am I supposed to boo you when you look like a badass? Like you look <laughs> so cool. I love your gear. And I'm like, yeah, well, that, this is kind of working against me. Like, I guess, like, I guess they were right. Like I'm not supposed to be healed because now I look cool. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess heels aren't supposed to look cool. So I'm like, Oh, well, that kind of worked against me. But at the same time, like I was still getting people to boo me because of, of what I was doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually, that was when my wife and I first started dating. So I had her be my manager for a little bit and I just called her woman. I was like, you don't deserve a name. So you're just woman. <laughs> And then there were times where like I would sacrifice her in matches or like I would throw her in the line of fire yeah. and then she would get kicked or something like that. And then I would end up winning the match and she's still down in the middle of the ring and I would just leave. <laughs> like I don't, I don't help her out or anything like that. Yeah. And then it was, it was so funny because I had building, I had like the promoters coming up to me and they're like, can you please stop having your wife get hit because like they're getting upset that women are getting hit by men. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? so, you, so is your wife in the business too? My wife, that's how my, that's how we met. My wife is a wrestler. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, we met on a show, uh, back in, uh, well, we met on a show actually be- like way before this. I don't remember meeting her. She says she, she remembers meeting me, but I don't, I don't, it was like very quick. Like we said, hello. And like, I didn't talk to her the rest of that show, but the show that how our, our, 
you know, our story essentially started was we were on a show in 2014 and um, she had a terrible match, like God awful match. It was like a four way or a six way or something like that. So it's, you know, it's not her fault, but again, it was just, it was a bad match. And uh, she went into the locker room and she was sulking in the corner and I saw her and I knew how bad the match was. And I was like, let me go cheer her up. Cause I'm like, I'm sure she's miserable right now. Yeah. So I went and I went to, you know, just cheer her up. And I started talking to her and, you know, we're just shooting the shit. And um, at one point we were in, in the conversation, we realized that we were going to be on the same shows for the next like six weeks. Um, like it was, it was crazy. Like we were on every show for, for a while. And with where we lived, like she lived two hours north of me and all of the shows that we were on were all south. Uh So I'm like, some of those shows were like three hours for me. So I'm like, it's five hours for you. So I was like, hey, why don't you just drive to me? I'm like, we'll ride together, you know, to the show. And I was like, cool, like someone else can ride with me. So I'm not by myself. Yeah. And I was like, and I can split gas with somebody. I was like, you know, win win for me. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, after spending, you know, four or five, six weeks together every weekend. Then we got used to seeing each other every weekend. So then it was like, Hey, why don't you come by? Like, you know, after your show, like, you know, come swing by. And then we would just, you know, we kept hanging out and then she just, she just never went home. Like she just, <laughs> she just, she just, just kind of stayed. So I was like, Oh, I guess, I guess we're a thing now. Yeah. That's awesome. That That's cool. I, I didn't know that. So, and you guys have two kids. So you have, mm-hmm. so how has that kind of changed, you know, everything with, you know, wrestling and just really not really change, but kind of change your mindset. I mean, I know when I had my two girls, it kind of just changed everything, <laughs> like kind of flipped mm-hmm. the whole world upside down. Um, even just my first one, they handed me a, you know, little baby girl and I'm like, what am I supposed to yeah. do with this? <laughs> it was, uh, if anything, it, um, it made it worse, but for like good reasons, like, and, yeah. and let me, let me explain myself because yeah. it sounds awful no, no, how no. I'm explaining it. But like, well, you say that and I know exactly what you're talking about, but for somebody yeah. who might not. Yeah. So like when I, when I was like, ma- when I made up my mind, like I want to be a professional wrestler and I told my family, like I didn't have family support, you know, like I can count on my hand. I can count on one hand. How many, how many matches my dad's been to in 17 years. Yeah. Um, my mom at first was like, you're wasting your life. Like, don't do this. Right. She's supportive now. So she's made up for it. But <laughs> sure. at first it was like, absolutely not like, no. And it, and I get it. Like it was part of like, you know, she's protecting me, but again, like that's not what the wording was. It was like, you are wasting your life. So it was zero support. Yeah. Right. So when I, when, uh, when I knew that I was, we were pregnant with our first daughter, and then in the transition of like that summer while we were still pregnant and then essentially the stars kind of pointing me towards move to Florida and like, you have to like, you know, it, it's all or nothing type thing. I looked at it from the perspective of, I wanted to be example for my daughter. A lot of people, when they have a dream or they have a goal and then they have a kid, they, they kind of put themselves in the back seat because they go, okay, well now I, I have another life to take care of. Well, I can do both. But I also want to, again, be that example, because when my daughter comes to me and says, this is what my dream is, it's going to be a complete, a completely different answer than I was ever given. Yeah, of course, because I felt it and I went and I experienced it. So 
how, how has it changed since we've had kids? Well, I've been grinding a lot more because I'm like, I want to, I want this to be like daddy accomplished his dream. He, he literally moved away from friends, family. I dropped my wrestling school. I sold my house that we had bought three years prior. Like we did everything to put, to invest into making this dream happen. Yeah. So I want to be that example for them. So yeah, it's gotten worse as I was trying to say, like I'm busier, but at the same time, I'm also doing my dad duties that I've taken from Mick Foley. What Foley has talked a lot about if for those that don't know is, you know, he, he talks about how he could have made a lot more money or he could have saved a lot more money. But what he was always doing was any time that he could fly home for a day and be with his kids and then fly wherever he was rather, even if it was like, it made more sense for him to just fly from, from wherever he was to where the next town was and then just crash there for two days. Yeah. He flew home because he wanted to be with his kids. And, and I've adopted that when I fly, you know, North and I, and I go do my show, I try to fly out as late as I can like the night before or the morning of, I hate flying out the morning of, because like if something happens with the flight, like I'm not making the show. So at least yeah. I have a day to play with, but you know, there's, I, I've talked about it on social media where I, fl- I, I literally finish a show. I get to the airport at like 1am. I have someone drop me off. I sleep until four. I board at five. I'm home by seven. You know, I, or I land by seven and then I drive home. I'm home by 9am so that I could spend the rest of the day with, with, my, with my girls. Yeah. So as much as again, it's worse at the same time, like I'm doing both. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a big change, but, but I love what I'm doing. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and that's kind of been, and you kind of echoed that already is whatever they want to do. It's just, Hey, go out and do it. Like, you know, as long as, as long as you're, you know, being obviously as long as you're being smart, and you know, not doing something you know completely reckless that you know is endangering yourself, um, mm-hmm. and you know, do whatever you need to do, do whatever you know you're passionate about. My oldest is passionate about horses, so every summer we fly her up to my mom's house or to my mom who runs a horse camp, and she spends the summer with my mom on a horse camp all summer long um, because she's passionate about horses and that's what she wants to do. Uh, my ten year old is passionate about CrossFit and gymnastics and she trains and trains and trains, um, you know, my six-year-old baseball, you know, so it's like, whatever you want to do, we are 100% with it. You're just, you know, not allowed to quit when, you know, you, you have to finish at least that season or, you know, that, you know, whatever you start, you have to finish. So if it's a season, mm-hmm. if it's a time frame, if it's, you know, you're setting up for a competition and that's the goal, we hit that goal. And then if you want to change and do something else, fine, you can change and do something yeah. else, but you just have to finish. It's, it's just teaching them that you don't just quit because it's tough. You, you, you finish, you, you finish the course and you, you do what you said you're going to do. Yeah. Cause even, even if what a lot of people don't, uh, I guess make normal, I guess is the, the, the wording that I want to use is like taking a break, yeah. like taking a break is fine. And sometimes we get so caught up in how hard that we're grinding on something that we then in our heads go like, maybe this isn't what I want to do, but then it takes that break to then go like, Oh no, that is what I want to do. I just, I was tired and I was exhausted. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with, you know, again, you do CrossFit, you know, obviously like I have to lift weights and, and what, and it's something that I try to tell all of these, these guys so many times is because, you know, they're like, I have to go to the gym. I have to go to the gym. I have to go. I'm like, you're, you might actually be 
making it worse yeah. by going to the gym when you're that exhausted because your body is screaming at you clearly. And then how many times do we hear like, yeah, you know, I laid down for a nap and then like six hours later I woke up and it's like, yeah, because you know, sometimes we just have to listen to ourselves sometimes. So yeah, I like that. I like that advice of like, Hey, let's finish this out. And then if you want to change it, cool. If you want to pick it back up again, like, all right, cool. But like, you know, let's finish out, yeah. you know, I, I, I can respect that, but it, I, it's just so crazy to me. And, and I look back now as, as a, and now as a parent looking back at, you know, some of the things that I had to experience as a kid and this being one of them. Oh. And I just don't, I can't like, you know, again, I forgive my mom. I forgive my dad because, because I need it. Yeah. Right. Like I needed to, to let that go you know, for my own mental health, but I just can't imagine staring at your kid and, and them coming to you and saying, I figured it out. <laughs> like, this is what I want. Yeah. I know 30 year olds, 40 year olds that still don't know what the hell that they want to do with their life. Yeah. Right. I can't imagine looking at my kid and going, no, I don't, I'll never understand that. I'll never empathize with that. Yeah. I don't get it. And there's so, and I, and I have the conversation with my wife now, who's again, like she's in that, she's in that boat right now. Of like, I don't know what I want to do and that's fine. You know, she's not sure if she wants to, like, she wants to get back in the ring. I think she wants to wrestle for her, for the girls and say like, Hey, look, we watched mommy and that's, and that's fine. Yeah. But before it was like, okay, do, do we want to get signed? Do we want to just like, you know, do this on the weekend or a couple times a month? Like, you know, whatever the goal is. And I have conversations with her now and I'm like, I don't care what your goal is. Just tell me what your goal is. And when we figure it out, okay, now we know what it is. And now I know how to support you because if we, if we want to be here, then everything else changes of what we do daily. If you just want to be here, that's perfectly fine too. Then we can, we have a little bit more leeway. But again, like, I just don't understand how somebody can't support like someone that's blood or, you know, who they love more than anything in the world. It's so so foreign to me yeah i don't i'll never understand it but i'm so glad that that you as a dad and that and that's why you know i think that you and i connected so well in the back because again like you and i are, are dads and we're on the same mindset of just supporting our kids and whatever the heck they want to do and we have our own passions and you know we can kind of relate to that of like imagine telling us like no you can't do what you're passionate about like what oh yeah what no <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. You know? For sure. So we've been, we've been going on for like an hour. Let's, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to kind of put into words what, if you had advice for somebody, you know, you're obviously you're opening your, your head trainer at, at House of Champions. You guys are starting this thing. It's brand new, um, but it's been something that you've been passionate about. What is advice that you would give to somebody who was thinking about, you know, hey, what's my first step? what should I do? Or maybe somebody who is on that path that just has kind of been going along and, you know, just trying to, you know, go through the motions and just trying to get into that next step. What advice would you give somebody who's wanting to get started? I think it's just an honest conversation with yourself. Um, you know, again, to, to kind of relate it to, you know, uh, my experience and like what the big change was to dropping everything and moving to Florida was because I had that honest, I had that honest, you know, conversation with myself. And it was just like, a, it was, a, it was me asking the same question to myself, time and time again. And it was me constantly giving myself the same answer until I couldn't give myself the same answer anymore. So to lean towards the first part of your question of 
you know, these people that are, are trying to get to that next level or, you know, change what they're doing, so on and so forth, that leans more towards them. Like you have to have that honest conversation with yourself. For me, when I was living in Pennsylvania and I was living in the Poconos, I would get angry all the time because I was always, and, and, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm boasting right now, but I was always yeah. the best in the groups that I was around and I hated it. Yeah. I don't want to be the best in the groups that I'm with. I want someone to be able to challenge me yeah. or to make me better. And that's what I hated so much, even though I loved having my school and I loved teaching and I, and I love doing all that. I'm still around. Like, that's why I moved to Florida because during the pandemic, when I was able to be around people that were way better than me that are on WWE that are on impact, you know, and I'm like, if I move to Florida, I can be around these people all the time. Yeah. And I could be, I could go from here to here with how, how, how my, uh, with my skills, like it was a no brainer. And it was when I realized that like, well, if you moved, you could, you could answer your question of like, when is, you know, what am I going to do? Because I was always, again, I was always the lead dog or the, the, the big fish in the small pond. I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be the small fish in the big pond. Um, so I had that honest conversation with myself. And when I found that it was, I need to drop everything and, and make it happen. And I think that's what happens also a lot of times people are always looking for the stars to just align. Well, if I, if I got a job or, well, you know, if, if this happened or this happened, like sometimes you have to make it happen, Yeah. you know, and I, and I, and I did that, um, to lean towards the other side of your question of like, you know, people that want to take that first step. Um, you know, again, you have to find, you have to find what's going to work for you. Um, and that might be how's the champions. That might be Devon Dudley school. That might be flatbacks. That might be black and brave. It might be the monster factory. It, it's what's going to hit all the points for you. Yeah. So, you know, if you are listening to this and you live in Pennsylvania and you love Pennsylvania and you hate humidity, well then <laughs> house of champions might not be it because we're going to be training in some humid weather. Oh, it's so nasty. Right? Yeah. It's a little, it's, it's a little moist down here. Oh yes. Right. Yeah. I had this conversation with one of my former students because, you know, she was going to my school and, you know, I left and she, she said she's missing that circle. Well, she's, you know, so her name is Mary Beth and, um, you know, she's uh, a regular now at MCW and MCW was constantly asking her to like come train with them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, maybe moving to Maryland is, is the thing. So then we just started going down the list like, okay, well, does this make sense? And she's like, hey, I don't know if I want to be that close to my family anymore. <laughs> she's like, I love my family, but I don't want to be around them all the time. I was like, oh, yeah. I guess Maryland's not the thing. So again, what when you're taking that first step, you have to be real with yourself and, and kind of go down the list and see who's what school is going to hit all the points because House of Champions might hit all the points of what you're looking for with a school, but it might be out of your price point. Okay, now we have to kind of change that. Or can we get a different job to then make sure that house of champions does fit that mold. Yeah. Again, just go down the list, plan accordingly and just take the first step. And when you take the first step, then the rest is easy. We always say it as like, you know, stepping off a bridge, you know, when you take the first step, there's really nothing else. Like, you know, now you're going to fall off the bridge, which I don't, I don't recommend. I used to go bridge jumping, but (laughs) which is fun. Yes. But you know, for safety reasons, I'm not recommending it, but, um, but man, I, and it doesn't even have to be wrestling for anybody else that's listening to this. If wrestling isn't something that's, that's literally burning into your brain, you know, at all times, 
there's a quote that I love, I love to live by. And it's, if you're, if your brain is telling you something, you know, 24 seven, it's, it's because your brain's right. Or it's because your heart's right. Yeah. You know? So if you're constantly like, man, I want to get into engineering or I want to be a, you know, social media influencer, you know, whatever the, whatever the heck it is, if it's literally in your brain all the time, why are you fighting it? That, that's you know, how, this, take, that's just, how this podcast started. <laughs> just, yeah. Just listening to podcasts over and over and being like, man, I would really love to do that. And then thinking about it all the time and just constantly just thinking of ideas and things and what I want to do and how I want to talk to people and how do I want to get, you know, things out there. And it just, it, it took a friend of mine, um, signing up and, and doing a podcast. And I asked him, I'm like, what did you need to do? Like, what, what did you, how did you do this? And he's like, I use my phone. I record and I post. Yeah. And I'm like, that's yeah. it. And now I have equipment so, and things, you know, to, you know, make things sound different and better. But, you know, you, you, you start, you know, just once you, like you said, once you take that first step, it's like, oh, okay, well, that wasn't so bad. Now I can, mm-hmm. now I can build on that and kind of hone that craft in a little bit more. And similar to what you were saying about being the best person in the room, I think there was a quote and I cannot for the life of me remember who said it, but it said, if you're in this, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find another room. Exactly. Um, you know, find people who do challenge you, find people who push you to be better. And, and because if, if you're the head guy, it's great at times, but mm-hmm. you know, if you're always the head guy, you're not growing anymore because you don't have anything to reach for. You don't have anything to, to push for. And that's a big thing. I'm always trying to find, you know, Hey, what can I do to improve this and do this and do this and do this. So I love that. I love that, that, that thought. Yeah. And I think what, what also scares a lot of people from even taking the first step is if, if they're, if they're maybe not even a hundred percent sure that that's the thing that they want to do, but it like, they think it is, but again, like they have, like, you don't know because you haven't taken that first step. But I also, again, think that a lot of people are so afraid of like wasting time or realizing that it wasn't the thing. Yeah. But again, like Gary Vaynerchuk is somebody that, that talks about this a lot. And, and I think it's a great lesson, you know, when they say like, Oh, you know, my dream was to be a, a real estate agent. And then they're, they're like, okay, you did it for eight years. And then you realize like, okay, you know, I don't want to do it anymore. And then they think like, well, I did it for eight years. Like I have to keep doing it. No, you don't have to, you did it. Yeah. You wanted to be a real estate agent. You did it. Okay. Now it's okay. Well, what's next? You know, that's the next thing. Yeah. That's why you also see so many wrestlers, you know, within WWE, then go to Hollywood because they're like, I want to do WWE. There's also some other things I'd like to do. You know, like it's, how many how many football stars then then tra- uh you know transition and now they're sportscasters oh, yeah. you know a lot of them yes you know? so M- most I, I think of them now yeah I think it's a, a lot of people are just scared of like thinking that they waste time or they only do it for so long and then what and it's just like you got to relax you got to relax and just go with it yeah you'll 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 know you'll know. Well, that's awesome. Well, man, hey, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been just a blast. Um, what I want to do before we go is have you tell people how they can get, uh, you know, hooked up with House of Champions, how they can follow you, um, and you know, kind of see what you're doing and, and what you have going on, and of course, what the school has going on. Yeah. So um, for anyone that wants to follow me on social media, um, I'm Kekoa Pro at pretty much all social media: uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, on TikTok, I am at Kekoa. HW for Hawaiian warrior because someone took Kikoa pro and I'm like, how first <laughs> off. Yeah. 
And then, I, and then when you find them, they don't post anything. They haven't done anything for years. So I'm, I would like that handle yeah. because I feel like I'm entitled to it. I, I, th- I think, title, you, I, like, I think you should challenge them to wrestle for it. <laughs> I, I want to, uh, I want to find out how I can take it because I'm like, clearly they're not using it and, yeah. and I can back up all of my other social media, but I digress. But yeah. anywho, so that's how you can find me. If you find me on any social media, you can also find my link tree that will take you to all of the other platforms, all of the other things that I have, because I have a, I have a pro wrestling tea store, so you can uh, buy some merchandise if you're interested. I also am a big advocate. I actually have the hat on. It's jobs not finished. That's like my my lingo that I've been uh, that I've taken over. Um, you know, with life, with whatever tasks that we're doing, the job is never finished. Um, so I have a spring uh, a spring store. You know, with that type of merchandise, um, and I also, of course, have links to the House of Champions. Um, whether it takes you to the website or again, like there are other social medias, uh, cause we're on, we're on everything. So, um, just find me, the link tree will take you to everything. Awesome. Um, but, uh, for anybody that also like just has questions that's interested in signing up, you know, whatever my DMS are always open for anybody that, that has ever messaged me. I, I'm very open. I, I, I get to everybody. Um, so don't hesitate to reach out to me if, if you need some advice or you just want to vent or just anything, just reach out. And also April 1st, I just saw you're at Megacon. April 1st, I'm at now at Megacon. Literally as of yes, like last night it happened. Yeah. Uh, someone, someone, uh, isn't able to make it, uh, a friend of mine that is on the show that was like, Hey, are you booked this weekend? I'm like, no. And they're like, all right you know hit this guy up and let him know that i sent you so well, it's it's uh, yes. saturday or sunday it's april 2nd both oh it's both both i'm nice. on both days nice so i'm on Love saturday it. and sunday uh, okay. so i got very i got very lucky again just a good good energy in the air i guess i don't know but i will be at megacon uh saturday and sunday this weekend um, and then the following weekend I'm in West Virginia for WDWA wrestling. The next weekend I'm in, I'm in Maryland for two days, April 14th and 15th, 14th. We're in Joppa 15th. We're in Hollywood. Um, I hope, I think I get a break after that. I don't know if I do, but those that I know <laughs> that those are the next couple of days. So a lot of traveling within the next with, within April. So we're, we're busy. I love it, man. I love it. And you know, if you are, you know, listening and you're following along on social media, go check out the dates definitely go check out a show because it is, it's a lot of fun. And I got to see the, you know, kind of the backside of it and, and be part of one. Uh, but it was just so much fun. And Kiko, thank you so much for being on the show and, and doing this and kind of just chatting it up, you know, two, two dudes with, with, with girls, <laughs> two girl dads. Yeah, man, we, we, I, I'll, I'll definitely come back on. We talked primarily wrestling today. Yeah. So we have to have like a whole other episode of just, you oh, know, yeah. the parent parenting talk parent talk for I feel, sure yeah because i mean i feel like that when when we were talking backstage that's primarily what we talked about yeah we we talked about the kids like it wasn't you know wasn't really wrestling yeah so. we, we go both but yeah dude i could sit here and talk to you all night and have you found bluey yet are you in the bluey the bluey camp we are on um miss rachel we're on blippy uh uh, what else? And you know, the Disney movies haven't gotten on blue yet. Dude, um, I'm kind you, of afraid to, no, you have to just put everything else aside, put everything else aside, okay. put bluey on. And it's not just enjoyable for your kids. It's enjoyable for you as parents. 
Um, I've seen some clips on TikTok and they've been quite, they've been funny. So I was intrigued, but I, again, I was always scared of like just getting into something else. Oh, it's amazing. Like you'll, you'll put the kids to bed. Like they'll be watching it. You'll put the kids to bed and you'll find yourself like, how long have I been sitting here? How long have I been sitting here watching Bluey? All right. I will, I will put, I'll put it on tomorrow morning. I'll send you the picture. I'll prove it that that we've put Bluey on. Nice. What, what, what is it on anyway? Is it on YouTube or it's on Disney, Disney plus. On Disney, yeah, okay. they got right. they have three so seasons. I'll, I'll put it on tomorrow. Yeah, three seasons on Disney. So and there's like sixty episodes. They're they're fantastic. So, yeah, but man, thank All you right. so much for being on the show. And dude, we will talk again soon. I appreciate it, man. I really do. Awesome. All right, everybody. That episode, like I said, was so much fun. I could sit and talk to that dude for hours, and we're gonna do it again for sure. Have you know talk parenting and and all that sort of stuff like we we could have gone on for hours and hours but you know we both put our kids to bed and it was it was time to time to wrap up for the night but uh just a great great guy without further ado ladies and gentlemen like i told you at the top of the show we have a new intro which we let you hear and a new outro so we're going to end the show with it the new outro for the wexfield podcast enjoy hope to see you next time come back and we'll talk to you soon peace been listening to the wex appeal podcast get connected by heading to instagram youtube and tiktok at wex appeal podcast for more bonus buffoonery and to get the full wex experience plus make sure to subscribe on your podcast app today thanks for listening and we'll see you next time for more barbells beats and buffoonery